Too often, many children in our community are denied a childhood free from the responsibilities that comes with being an adult. Now, at 41 years old, Semi Parson still remembers what it was like growing up. I am the eldest of five siblings. My siblings and I um, had a rough childhood, I would say. A mother who was addicted to drugs and alcohol, a stepfather who also was addicted to drugs and alcohol, and I was in the role of a mother at a, a very young age, so I would be left at home with my siblings for days at a time, and that included changing diapers, fixing meals, and I often compare myself to that of the Cosby Show, um, and I just wonder why my family could not, I want to say, like properly exist with one another. It was a lot of weight on my shoulders. Um, I just felt overwhelmed and just wondering if there was ever an out, if there would ever be relief. And then I want to say around eight, Child Protective Services got involved with our case and um, we ended up coming to ACH. Welcome to Counting on Us, a podcast presented by ACH Child and Family Services, the show where we share the stories of people navigating life's challenges with ACH alongside them every step of the way. I'm Daniel Trevino. In the U.S., neglect accounts for 78% of all child mistreatment, far more than physical, sexual, and psychological abuse combined. Science shows that early exposure to neglect can disrupt healthy development and have lifelong consequences, which many clients at ACH know too well. When Semi and her four siblings arrived 30 years ago, the change in environment was a complete 180 to what they were used to. My first impression of ACH when I first arrived was, I want to say, a cultural shock to begin with. I just couldn't believe at how nice people were to us. We just never experienced, I guess, a family dynamic or having a day-to-day routine, um, which was really hard. So it was a big adjustment for me to, you know, just sit back and allow the adults to be the adults and myself to be a kid. It's amazing because when I came into care, I saw kids being um, termed parentified and that they feel like they're in a parent role and they're five years old. And I was like, oh my goodness, we we were these kids. That's Jeanette McCree-Willis, the current CEO of Advantage Adoptions OCOC. With more than 30 years working in child welfare, Jeanette was drawn to the profession because of her own life experiences and losses, including the memory of being a child responsible for her young siblings. 
1994, Jeanette joined ACH as a live-in house parent in which she took care of a group of kids in one of ACH's youth homes. It was then that she met a 14-year-old Semi for the first time. Right now, I can clearly see Semi standing outside in a circle of kids talking. She stood out in the crowd to me. A lot of energy. (laughs) I remember Miss Jeanette was outgoing and friendly and smiley. I was quite smitten with her. And actually, I was a home parent to her younger siblings. I think two of them left around the first week that I was there, and the other two, I was with them the whole time that I was there. They had more challenging behaviors, far more than Simi, which is why I think Simi lasted longer. For the five siblings, it was a period of confusion those early years. The adjustment to living in a new environment proved to be too challenging for Semi's younger siblings. One by one, they all decided to leave ACH. Being the last one remaining, Semi yearned to be close with their family, and yet every attempt at reunification came out unsuccessful. I do remember visits with my mother where, you know, we were trying to see if we could work things out, where I could come home and so forth. But I never, it was a very uncomfortable situation to be in, um, to go on visits and then have to call for help and rescue me, so to speak, because of things that were taking place at home that I just did not like. And what stood out to me was I always felt like I was the black sheep of the family. And so It seemed like over time that there was a bit of jealousy, so to speak. I knew that there was a difference between that home life with my mother and the life that I had at ACH. The way that I act and I carry myself was considerably different. And, you know, my mother knew that. And so I think that that did bother her a lot. And so, you know, it's like I tried and tried and tried and tried, but no matter how much I tried, it was never good enough. It was never, I always felt like I was never good enough and I just didn't fit into that dynamic. She understood very well that growing up in a youth home wasn't the norm and it wasn't what she wanted. But she ultimately, like myself, had to make that choice and had to make that call to say, this is not the best life situation for me and I'm going to choose to do this. When Jeanette was 15, her mother passed away, leaving her and her younger siblings in the care of her father. What followed was years of neglect and mistreatment from a mentally unstable parent and deteriorating living conditions. We were seeing some things in my dad's behavior that were concerning and that were threatening to us. And then one evening something happened and um, eventually I had to call my older siblings and another family member and and we left. Um, But he blamed me. He blamed me for it. So I carried that burden for a long time as being the one who caused our family to 
finish breaking because it was already broken. But as a young person, that was that was very difficult. It was huge and it made an impact on me um, that's that's been lasting. One of the things I knew is that whenever Simi had a visit with relatives, it didn't end well. And what I'm so proud of her for is for her to be able to assess that situation and decide, I don't want to live like that. My younger siblings can stay here if they want to, but I don't want to do this. And I'm very grateful that ACH allowed me to stay and continue on my path of doing something with myself and my life. My universe is much wider and my perspective is much wider now that I, you know, that I chose to stay at ACH. So that was one of the best decisions I could have ever made for my life. With Semi's biological mother, no longer her caretaker, the relationships at ACH grew to have a greater importance in her life. During this time, Jeanette would meet her future husband, Joel Willis, who was also a staff member at ACH. Both would play a major role in Semi's support system. Once Joel and I decided that we were going to get married, then I started working with older kids too. So very often the older boys and the older girls where Simi were did activities together. So that's how we got to start seeing each other more and bonding. You know, we used to always have talks about, you know, life and, you know, they would tell stories about growing up. Um, And I guess with them being Black and you know, me being Black, it, it, it just made it easier to let my hair down and have conversations about those things that exist in Black families. How did you feel when the Willises left ACH for another agency? Oh, man, I, I just didn't understand. And I was so upset. I cried. I felt like they would do me how others have done, just up and leave and you never hear from them again. They don't treat you the way that they used to treat you. And so it was always a fear of mine that they were gonna do the same thing. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Dr. Wayne Carson from ACH Child and Family Services. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here at ACH, we know that the community is counting on us to get it right. So for over 100 years, ACH has remained true to our mission of protecting children and preserving families. Follow us on social media or visit our website, achservices.org, to learn more about what we do, how to get involved, or if you'd like to support us. Now, back to the show. After years of neglect and being in foster care, Semi had experienced abandonment before. Thus, when the Willises left ACH, it triggered the pain of those deep wounds from the past. For a foster child to experience abandonment, it's like having a slow death because it kills you slowly on the inside and it really messes you up with trusting others being a foster kid you get used to the sense of abandonment and you always think that 
Is it something that you did? Something you said? How you look? When the Willises left ACH, I made up in my mind why they left. But I, I, I felt that I was going to be abandoned. And so I tried to act like it didn't bother me. But it did. She was very sad, and she was very concerned that we were leaving forever and that she wasn't going to see us anymore. But we did reassure her that we would be around, that we would call, that we would come to see her. We would ask to pick her up and take her places with, with us. And we, you know, we held true to that. And honestly, ACH was the one that actually encouraged that relationship and supported us and allowed us to be the person to come and pick her up or to to call her when she's acting up or whatever. The Willis family understood what a loss it was for Semi to be separated from her mother and siblings. And so it was important that she experienced some type of normalcy of being a part of a family. I eventually started to go on visits with the Willises. They would come and pick me up and we would go on trips. And I remember this one time we went to Louisiana and it was Miss Willis's family reunion weekend. And it just felt so good to be around people that love one another that could come together. Um, I remember our common love for magazines and drinking sweet tea. So those were things that we bonded over and you know, their family became my family. And um, it was then that I started to call them mom and dad because they were like the parents that I always longed for. Semi's relationship with the Willises was a second chance at a family, something that Jeanette, too, was fortunate enough to experience growing up. After I left the care of my father. I had a couple of role models, but who mainly comes to mind is is Miss Bush, who was my school teacher and then my counselor. And by opening up to her, I realized that what we had normalized in my dad's behavior wasn't normal. So I believe very strongly in counseling <laughs> because of the impact that it had on me as a young person. I remember giving her a card that read something like, the nicest gift I ever got was you as a second mom. And she was okay with me calling her that because of her respect for my mother's role in my life. It was it ran contrary to what my dad told us about, no one else is gonna care about you. And it revealed to me that a person did not have to be related to me by blood, to love me by bond. After Semi left ACH, she was nervous for what life had in store for her. Yet she managed to attend college, join the Navy, and start a family of her own. Whenever she faced obstacles, Semi knew she could always reach out to the Willis family and ACH for support. I can remember there was a time when Spirit and I came to town and Spirit was sick. Spirit is my daughter and I didn't have insurance. I reached out to Donna Tchaikovsky. She was actually my nurse for most of the time that I was at ACH. And she called up my old pediatrician and he was so thrilled 
that I was in town that he saw my daughter free. And that's just because of the connection that I had um, with ACH and of course, the people that I knew. Interestingly about ACH, there have been staff who stayed a long time. So fortunately for her, there was always someone that she started with who was still there. And the beautiful thing about coming out of ACH is that the agency has always been open and welcoming to receiving calls from them and trying to help them through whatever hurdle in life that they're going through. So I think that's it's been key. It's been critical. One of the key lessons that I learned as an adult would be that people don't have to look like you to help you. That was difficult for me growing up because we were always taught what happens in this family stays in this family. You don't go around talking about family business and people who don't necessarily look like you are not going to be apt to always help you. And I have found that to not be true in my life. For years, the Willis family viewed Semi as their kinship daughter, a daughter not by blood, but connected by bond. Adoption was never viewed as an option, since Semi's biological mother never relinquished her parental rights. But one day, Jeanette read a news article on the less talked about topic of adult adoptions, and everything changed. With adult adoptions, you have two parties who come together and agree to make this legal decision for one party to adopt, and it's simple. When I first read the article, I immediately thought of Simi, and I immediately thought of her always saying, you're my mom and dad, you're my parents. She had been saying that for years. So as we learned about adult adoption and thought about Simi and her journey, we thought, what better way to validate those feelings than to do it legally and to do it through adoption? So to me, it's part of that legacy of of love and caring, someone who is not um, a relative, but you have that bond with, that family bond. Good morning. Um, We are at the 233rd District Court, downtown Fort Worth, for Adoption Day. Today is my adult adoption. Do you solemnly swear or affirm the testimony you may now give in the matter on trial will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so if you die? Yes, sir. ACH brought out the best in me as far as my perspective on people and family. Family is the key. Family doesn't necessarily have to look like you. It's not white or black. It's not brown or purple. Family is family, and that's the most important thing. Please state your full name. Jeanette McCree Willis. All right, at your direction, I prepared a petition for adult adoption with regard to the uh, young lady that we have here with us today, Samiko uh, Parsons, is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. We all need family in some way, and we can build that. And I mentioned building, seeing things being built is, is one of the things I love about adoption, but Simi has, on her own, built relationships coming from 
an environment or background where there was so much brokenness. She saw things that she needed and she identified those things, those good things, and she held on to them. All right, your turn. Simi, tell the court your name. Samiko Zamika Parson. All right, and you are here today uh, with your parents asking the court to grant this request for adoption. Is that right? Yes, sir. You have filed- Once I was able to be honest with myself, it made the healing process a lot easier. I had to come to terms with the fact that I can't change other people. I can only change myself. And I think now the relationships that I build with people are lasting relationships because I, I tend to look at the whole relationship and the value that it brings to my life. How long have you dreamed of this day? Over 26 years. Oh. And if you could pick parents out of anybody else in the world, who would you? We'll definitely be there. Definitely be there. And based on your your uh, declaration in this court, based on the petition that's on file, it is this court's privilege to grant the adoption to declare that you, Ms. Shemiko Zemika Parsons, are the daughter of Joel Stephen Willis and Jeanette McCray Willis. Oh. oh my gosh, it to be finally adopted. I, I just keep replaying it in my mind. Like I cannot believe that the day finally occurred. And I always played it out in my mind about how I was gonna act, was it gonna act like I was receiving a Grammy or Emmy or something. And to now have that last name as a Willis is something that I'm so grateful for. And now I'm a part of that legacy. Congratulations, Semi, on finding your forever family. And thanks for sharing your story. If you feel inspired and would like to support ACH in its mission to protect children and preserve families, then you can donate now at achservices.org or you can find the link in the show notes. Also, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, follow us, or write a review. It makes a huge difference. Counting on Us is a podcast presented by ACH Child and Family Services. Written, edited, and produced by Daniel Trevino. Special thanks to Jeanette McCree-Willis and the entire Willis family. Mixing by Panoramic Sound. Thanks for listening.